Mavs fans, and welcome to another episode of Mavs Content Crazy. I am your host, David C., as always. Hey there, Mavs fans, and welcome into another episode of Mavs Content Crazy. I am your host, as always, David C., and today I have back with me my co-host, Dean, who's been on a bit of hiatus, and definitely glad to have him back here with me today. So, how's it been going there, Dean? It's Dean Nowitzki, dropping 50, looking nifty, likes his chicken extra crispy. <laughs> hey man, and uh, there was plenty of uh, chickens that Dirk roasted in his day, so <laughs> definitely a good analogy in, in there. Um, today we are going over the Mavs roster as it's currently stacked up, you know, and, and kind of just go over some of these some of these players and why we think they're going to be a better fit as opposed to some of the players that actually left out of here and how our roster currently stacks up versus our old one. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll start it off with the uh, well-known name that left our team this past season. And I guess that would have been, you know, probably Seth Curry. You know, a lot of people were really upset that we actually moved him in that trade. When you think about it, it made a whole lot of sense for us. And, you know, a lot of people seem to be bothered by that. And so we'll just kind of go over why we think it was a good move for us to move on from him. And, uh, well, what were your thoughts on some of the things on Seth Curry? I mean, if if your biggest name that you lost uh, off of a, uh, let's say, playoff team, even though things were a little strange last year uh, with COVID and the way the season worked out and and the bubble and the uh, the tournament just to get in. You know, if, if the biggest player that you lost off of that team was Seth Curry, I'd say that, okay, well, you didn't probably lose too much, right? I mean, first off, that is what I think right when you say, okay, probably the biggest name that we lost is Seth Curry. And... Um, I don't think that it's a good thing necessarily to move on from him, but this is a business, the NBA, it's going to happen. And um, I think that we've been good for each other, you know. But I think that um, sometimes he starts off slow and and uh, there's some games in there that are missing that maybe you feel like, well, if he's supposed to be doing this amount, or you're supposed to count on him this much, then uh, where is that at? But he seems to get hotter during uh, later in the season, which is great, you know, and everything. You you want people to be hot at the end of the season, but you still need uh, players uh, more than that, you know. That's why the season is there for also. But. Yeah, when I think about it, I think about it just fit. You know, the, the fit that, that he had on the Mavericks while it was really good last year. I mean, no one's ever going to complain about the fit that Curry had on the Mavericks team. But what we needed, what we had to do to get better, we had to get just better defensively. And, you know, the Mavericks made that their top priority. Everyone knows that. It's well known that they made that very clear in the offseason that defense was their priority, especially during the draft. 
Um, you know, they wanted to get better defensively. So when you think of Seth Curry, you know, what we lost in him, while he, you know, he, he averaged 12 points a game, two rebounds, and one assist in 24 minutes last season. You know, he did shoot 47% from the three-point line and 49% total overall field goal percentage. But let's not forget, you know, he was 30 years old too. So we sent out an older player. You know, in return, you get back Josh Richardson, who is just a great defender. You know, someone who can defend really anyone one through three. And he can do it, you know, pretty effectively. And in his own right, not a bad three-point shooter. 36% uh, for his career. But in his best season in Miami, you know, he shot almost 38% at 37.8%. So it's not like you're getting a bad shooter in that regard. You know, his his last season uh, with the Sixers, which was obviously a down year for him, and everyone would tell you that, he still averaged 13 points, three rebounds, and two assists in 30 minutes. You know, so he actually still had a pretty fair season on a team where ball distribution is not the top priority. You know, he was on a team where they're just trying to, <laughs> force feed it to Embiid and, and Simmons sometimes and there just wasn't enough shooting out there that too much pressure was really put on him there. So as far as fit, just with Dallas and next to Luka, he won't have any of that pressure. He doesn't have to be a ball handler. He doesn't have to be a dribbler. While he can create in, in certain situations, he just won't have to do any of those things while here. You know, Seth could shoot and, and could dribble and, and could create some things for himself, but not in the same way that Richardson can. And definitely couldn't create for him uh, self the same way. And and main thing, Seth was coming off the bench. Richardson's going to be a starter. Yeah, I mean, Richardson is a type of uh, body that we were looking for. We have Dorian Finney-Smith kind of in that mold. And I would say uh, Josh Richardson. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Josh Richardson. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. Sorry about that is an upgrade over a Finney Smith, you know. Uh, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm very familiar with everything he can do offensively, but I know he had some good years in, in, my, in Miami, and he got paid off of that. And they seen something, but sometimes, you know, things happen. You fall out. You draft somebody who steps up and is cheaper and that player moves on. Uh, that could be the situation there. And I've noticed when we get players here, I always feel like we're going to maximize their shooting potential. You know, and then one of, that was just with coaching. And now when you add a Luka Doncic, which is going to even enhance that even more because you're going to be a little more open. You know, you're going to get a good pass in the right position. So I'm going to count on these things to be there when these new players are coming in. But I, I did want to say a stat and, and something that I do think that Seth Curry contributes to because I did like his ball handling. And I know we're spending a lot of time on Seth Curry and Josh Richardson, but but. The, the Mavs ranked in the top five in ball handler efficiency, you know, uh, points per possession and things like that, uh, Roman efficiency and spot-up efficiency, you know, in Roman efficiency, they were second. In spot-up efficiency, they were fourth. Uh, you know, handler efficiency and things like that, um, 
I mean, and then the only other team uh, was Portland. And we know the guards that they have that ranked above them in five or more of those categories. And uh, so Seth Curry was a good ball handler, I think, uh, maybe more than a lot of people might have given him credit for. And I don't think you're going to get that with a Josh Richardson, but it's a different position and everything. I think, you know, we're going to move other guys into that position that, that Curry had. And um, he was a spark off the bench, and that's what his career is going to be for the rest of it. He's not an old guy, but like Didi said earlier, uh, he is 30. And and so there's there's not a whole lot of more growth to be had there, you know. Uh, but he's going to have some successes in, in Philly. I, I wish him the best, and, and you know. We, I think we're thinking about these defenders, like you said, and like a Josh Richardson and can probably hit some threes like our other guy that I feel like is kind of in the same thought of a defender and can probably hit some threes, James Johnson. Yeah, you know, um, as far as what goes out comes in, you know, final just thoughts on Seth Curry. You know, he was 30 years old. Richardson is 28, you know, so he is a, a couple of years younger than him. And, you know, in, in Richardson's best season in – uh, Miami, he averaged, you know, almost 17 points at 16.6 points, three rebounds, four assists in 34 minutes while shooting, you know, uh, really, really good from the field. So, you know, Curry did so many great things for us and he was a good fit. You know, he definitely helped the Mavericks last year, definitely helped that efficiency because he was such a good shooter. But I think, uh, you know, Carlisle, like you said, can put guys who are good at certain things in just great positions to succeed. And he's going to put Richardson in those same situations, especially being out there next to Luca. You know, now James Johnson. You know, basically to get him, we sent out uh, Justin Jackson and Delon Wright, just to give you anyone who who was kind of upset about that trade, which I don't understand why anybody would have been. You know, Justin Jackson last year averaged five points, two rebounds, and not even one assist for us. Delon Wright averaged seven points. Uh, almost four rebounds and three assists uh, for us last season. You know, so none of those guys' numbers were really jumping off the page. You know, so Delon, we really wanted him to work out here in Dallas. It, it didn't work out. I was excited when we got him because I thought he could be that defensive guy out there next to Luka, uh, like we believe Richardson is probably a better fit for. It didn't work out. So, you know, you know, unfortunately, it just uh, just the way it played out. But James Johnson... While last year he didn't play a whole lot of games, only 32 total, and uh, he still averaged 12 points, almost five rebounds and four assists in 24 minutes and shot 37% from the three-point line, um, while almost a 50% field goal uh, percentage as well. You know, so everyone has their doubts about James Johnson, and for some reason everyone has relegated him to just – uh, end of the bench role guy for some odd reason when I believe this guy is actually the key to us defending some of the better teams in the West because he is that physical body who can actually get in the paint and grind with a Paul George, a Kawhi Leonard, a LeBron James and guys of that size that have always given the Mavericks nightmares on a daily basis. You know, he, he fits the mold that can actually defend those guys and still give you something offensively. Uh, yeah, because we definitely needed his uh, body type, um, a bigger guy down there. Um, we had Dwight Powell, 
to to you know last year who went down with the Achilles injury it's a significant injury we want to ease him back in in certain ways so it's not that he was the most physical uh, athlete on the on the floor but he did have a big body and and so we have James Johnson now coming in who's a different type of player than him I, I think maybe he can stretch it a little better than than Dwight Powell uh, Dwight Powell probably has the pick and roll a lot better which we know of is that coming back with the Achilles I'm not sure uh, but like like we said earlier um, you know DeLon Wright going out um, I'm a I'm a fan of Wright I've, I've been since uh, college uh, I thought you know we'd probably draft him and then he went a pick before we picked to Toronto and we ended up with uh, Justin Anderson so so be it uh, he, he makes it here now and uh, last year and uh, I thought he was a, a good acquisition I thought he did really good things he had a better ball handling you know th than I thought of him coming in I didn't think that he had them handles and that probably goes to the efficiency that we spoke of earlier too and so you're, you're losing that again, right? So maybe that's going to go down. But I feel like the defense and the rebounding is going to tick up. And it keeps ticking up. And that's what we were missing big time, the defense and things like that. So, you know, a guy like DeLon Wright goes out. And, and here comes a bigger body and things like that, which we probably need a lot more of since the guys that we drafted are kind of, uh, you know, they're smaller guys and, and they're going to be more in those positions. Yeah, they're they're more of a slider build than than what we probably need to match up against some of those premier guys in the Western Conference and and even some of those you know good guys in the East. You know when when you looked at the draft and I, when we and you had a, our our first pod about the draft, you know we were looking at guys uh, that had that bigger build. Uh, you know, like I said, Sadiq Bay was one of the guys that we definitely talked about. But you know, other than that, we were looking at more of the bigger body type forwards power forwards that could come in and help us right away and um of course you know we ended up with some really good picks out of that regardless but to get those good picks out of the draft and then end up with good defenders like josh richardson and james johnson while only losing seth curry justin jackson and dylan wright in order to get those two guys i don't see how you could ever count that as anything but a win you know seth curry was was a 30-year-old bench player, guys. You know, he, he was great, great shooter, you know, arguably the, the best shooter in the league. But, you know, he was only averaging about 24 minutes per game. So it's not like he was getting a tremendous a lot of time and, out there. And just to end that off uh, with, with just, you know, Justin Jackson in that too, um, I understand, you know, the these guys seem young. I don't know why Seth Curry seems like he's, Curry's little brother and he's his little brother forever and he never ages and you know he drinks from the chalice but but Justin Jackson is younger uh, there is more potential there to be had um, I think he's going to get better because I think he plays the right way and he wants to play the right way um, I don't think it's ever going to be all-star or nothing like that so let's not get it blown out of proportion Oh, a future all-star and this and that. You know, it. I don't believe that. Uh, but I do believe he's going to be a very good, serviceable player. Uh, he's going to be able to step in when when a player gets hurt. But 
for the most part, I, I believe he's a bench role player. And so, hey, um, much much success to them. I think going on to the guys we drafted in a certain way too, uh, Tyler Bay. You know, he he's a young guy who's six seven, just like Justin Jackson. Uh, more weight, and and even more than that, eventually, I think. You know, and the wingspan is definitely a lot yeah, longer. So, so uh, I think I think you know, like like what we're talking about is is. Last season's roster compared to this season's roster, this season's roster compared to last season's roster, and those things. And so um, that that's something to replace there. The ball handling thing, like I brought up earlier, um, and the efficiency, the great efficiency we had in that is, is okay. Well, we're bringing in a, a Tyrell Terry, who's, who's a point guard, seems to have some really good ball handling skills, you know. Will he be strong enough to get in the paint and things like that? Uh, I'm not there yet, but he is a ball handler. You're not going to be able to pressure him. I think you're falling into his hands if you try to pressure him more. I think he's one of those type of guards that can move and skid around like that. Uh, and, and, and he's going to be deadly more from the outside than the inside. Uh, so, so we're still going to have some ball handling there. I've seen some some uh, footage of Tyler Bay. I think he's capable of, of handling the ball. You know what I'm saying? Putting it down a little stronger than Justin Jackson and even being younger and going to grow from there. So Josh Richardson, I'm not going to handle him on, on, on you know uh, ball handling skills and things like that. But I, I'm just saying that I think we're getting some of that back with the ball handling in the draft. And let's not leave out Josh Green. Our first pick of, of the draft, uh, he seems to move his feet defensively, I mean, wickedly fast sometimes on some of these footages that I see. And uh, he seems capable of, of doing some things in offense. I don't think it's much ball handling from what I've seen, but obviously he's young and, and will go from there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But but this is a final thought on, on Justin Jackson as as well. Um, you know, Justin Jackson is always going to be a just personal of mine, fan favorite. And, and that's because I actually met him. Yeah, you have always liked him. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> and, and I actually met him at yeah, a Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, one day I just happened to be up there with my wife and uh, ran into him up there and... I was actually shooting on the basketball machine, two machines down from him, and didn't notice who it was until I looked over and seen his score was like breaking the machine. And uh, yeah, I wasn't even close to him. And I was like, you know, who is this guy? Of course, he he was tall, so I really didn't notice his face at first. And then when I actually noticed who it was, I was like, oh wow, that's you know, that's Justin Jackson. <laughs> so you know, kind of discre as discreetly as I could, I didn't want to bother him too much. I just went up to him and said, hey, Mr. Jackson, you know, do you mind if I get a picture with you? And he was kind enough to, to actually take it with me and, you know, take time out of his fun and take a quick picture with me. And shortly after that, for my birthday, my wife actually went and got me a Justin Jackson signed rookie card that she ordered off of uh, eBay. So Justin Jackson is actually uh, just a, a fan favorite yeah. because of that. He's, he's the only a, he's a household name <laughs> and uh, only player I got I a picture did with. I talk Didi off the roof <laughs> when we traded him, or else we would not have this podcast. Uh, so thank me for that. Yeah, hey man, he he will always have that place in my heart. Thanks a lot, Justin Jackson. I wish you the best. So I hope you do become the all star that he said you may 
David Lee couldn't be become. Uh, I hope you do become that because I got a signed rookie card. So, oh, so please, are you are you <laughs> getting a wager on this that he will oh, become I'm, I'm, an all star? Because I'm saying he won't. I'm definitely not willing to wager. I'm saying I'm willing to hope that he becomes an all star uh, because I have that rookie card. Okay, okay. Just <laughs> now, making sure. <laughs> moving back to, to Tyrell Terry and how he can help our team. You know, coming in, uh, uh, you know, up to the draft. You know, there was a lot of talk about his weight and his height because he was actually around six foot, six foot one, and about one fifty prior to the draft actually taking place. Um, he ate a lot of Wheaties and uh, steak for the time between uh, when he enrolled for the draft and when the draft actually came about. Because at actual draft time, somehow he grew all the way to six foot three, and he's up to about one sixty, uh, one seventy, somewhere in that range at this point. You know, so. Definitely was a slighter build in which was a lot of people's concern about him coming up to the draft. He actually has, has put on some weight and a couple inches. Now his points, you know, and, and shooting speaks for itself. You know, shooting 40% from the three-point line. You know, he averaged 12 points, almost uh, five rebounds and three assists. Uh, he was a 44% field goal shooter overall. So he can shoot from everywhere around the court. And he is a good creator. You know, Tyrell Terry is another just possible upgrade. We can't say he is an upgrade over Seth because we just don't know enough about him. But he has the possibility to come in in those spot-up minutes just like Terry did for us. I mean, um, Curry did for us and, and still put up the shooting that he did while actually being at the same size. Um, something that I learned recently, um, and, and I heard this on another podcast, um, and that was that Dennis Schroeder is actually smaller than what Tyrell Terry is supposedly currently at right now for uh, the Mavericks. So call that what you want, but Dennis Shooter isn't considered small. He isn't considered a pushover or lightweight whatsoever in the league. Uh, and almost, you know, so so I, I think, you know, Tyrell Terry putting on that weight, I think he can really be a... Yeah, so he's 20 years old, you know, um, I guess, obviously... I think he still has what maybe a year to grow an inch or so. I mean, what do we? What does science say? We stop growing at twenty-one or something? I'm not yeah, sure. That, that's what they say. And somehow he so, grew three in a couple months. Right. So you already see that happening, and um, you know, so he's going to obviously get stronger. I mean, once once they get to the NBA, the 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 trainers, all that, they they have such a good environment to put him in with the work ethic and and the diet and um so i i imagine they're going to get him in the right shape um i i think i think that um, he's going to be able to to be a player in the league i mean it's always a little scary with the smaller players i mean i think but is that old thinking? But is, but at this point, you would it, think the right? league would have learned their lesson. You know, they thought that way of, of Seth Curry. Uh, uh, Steph Curry, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, when Steph Curry came out, the whole knock on him was, oh, he's too small. He's not going to be able to play defense. You're not going to be able to keep him on the court in crunch time because he can't defend anybody. But what does that matter when he can just crush you <laughs> with his shooting? If he can score 12 points in the time it takes you to score uh, score four 
then it's well worth what he loses defensively. And let's not say uh, 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 Steph Curry is a slouch on the defensive side because he's really not. Mm -hmm. He can move his feet. He's great with his hands. So the the smaller build thing, I mean, and and Trey Young is obviously the most recent uh, um, point of that fact is the the small build doesn't matter. If you can score the ball, you can score the ball. You know, it shouldn't matter if you're J.J. Barea size, which, you know, he's managed to stay with us for so long without having any sort of size. You know, yeah. so so I think the size thing, the NBA at this point needs to get over it. <laughs> like, like yeah. come on, guys, if you can shoot dang near 50% on spot-up threes, which uh, I believe Tyra Terry shoots around 48% on spot-up threes, which is an insane number. It's and, not even real. Yeah, those were the highlights that they captured my eye, too, because I could just imagine the passes coming from Luca, you know, hitting you right in the spot. And um, I think probably a good guy to even learn some things off of for him is going to be Trey Burke, right? Um, he's a quick twitch player you know what i'm saying he got these moves um and he's a different player uh he doesn't play with luca right a lot of times you don't see them on the floor at the same time because he can create things on his own you know so i I think he has something uh tyler terry um tyrell tyrell he has something to learn from trey burke and um and he can also play with Luca, I think, outside of which I don't believe Trey Burke necessarily thrives in that position. You know, he's more of a off the bench, six man come in, light it up. I, I think that Terry has the chance to to play both of those roles and, and I'm looking forward to seeing if that actually pans out, you know. Yeah, I mean obviously you know, we think Tyrell Terrell will be getting, coming off the bench for sure. I mean, obviously, we we know he's not a starter. But I almost it, called him Ty, Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not sure if he's that funny, but I guess we're, we're going to find out. But, <laughs> but you, you know, Trey Burke is, is someone that, like you said, he, he can learn from. Burke for us last year, just in the bubble, shot an insane 43% from the three-point line. You know, he, he had some insane games for us in the bubble. And, uh, you know, I think Trey Burke could really help out a guy like Tyrell Terry learn his position on the court. And what's the one do as far as the new additions to the team is another guy uh, that we brought in. Uh, kind of a flyer guy, you know. He, he played in Orlando. Don't know a whole lot about his game. Know he's supposed to be fairly good defensively. And he shoots about 32% uh, from the three-point line and about 41% total field goal percentage. Um, what are your thoughts on him? I, I mean, I, I'm not sure much about his game. I mean, he's 25 years old. So that's pretty old, right? To just be coming out on the scene all of a sudden is uh, something I'd have to kind of say. Um, well, how old was Trey Burke? You know, he was kind of a journeyman before he landed in the Master Carlisle. Yeah, Hayes. but where does this guy come from as far as you know Orlando Magic I mean I believe they drafted him yeah I haven't seen much of him to to say that much uh, honestly uh, he did come in I mean I think it's more of uh, maybe even a D-League call-up type situation if I'm not mistaken I mean I see that we signed this other guy to Devontae Patterson 
Uh, he's 24 years old. He's 6'7", 205. Looks like a strong dude. Uh, he was in the 2020 NBA draft. You know, he's he's probably spent all four years and things like that. So, so he's an older guy coming in. But obviously, we kind of uh, see something in him. He actually entered the 2019 draft but withdrew. You know, probably seeing the prospect of him the same thing. He didn't really get drafted, but... But you know, exhibit ten contract. I yeah, think is so, what we got him on. So I think you know what we'll, we'll try to find these guys too. We also uh, put a Freddie Gillespie, uh, who's a forward under contract. Also, he's twenty three years old. He's six nine, two hundred and forty five. So it's a big dude, you know. But these are these are the uh, kind of G League dudes maybe coming in, and and let's go ahead and and say. You know, some of the guys that are going out that are kind of G-League-ish, you know. Um, Michael Kidd Gilchrist isn't the G-League, but he came here and he's leaving. I believe he signed with, with New York and, and much, you know, luck to you. I'm, I'm not surprised that New York signed you. But what are you doing? Here? He, he never was going to work here. I, I didn't think he was going to work here. Uh you know, he gave us good spot up minutes. You know, every now and then he had one good game. We know for yeah. us, but he is what he is at this point in his career. He's, yeah, he's nothing I mean, special. I, I heard of the defense and this and that, and hey, seen some highlights of the defense maybe here and there when he was in Charlotte. But when he got here, I didn't really see much of it. Um, at the same time, hey, he's coming in here as a trade and things like that. Not, not, not much time. It's hard to get into Carlisle's system sometimes when maybe you're coming from more of a freelance defense. This is and you can't shoot. Yeah, this is positioning, staying on the string, things like that. Yeah, free flow um, offense and being able to spot yeah, up shoot, which yeah, he wasn't very good nothing at. Nothing there when you're talking about shooting. I think I almost uh, uh, had a panic attack when he hit like three three pointers in that one <laughs> game for us. Uh, I couldn't believe what I was seeing before my eyes. Uh, three threes a game yeah. for that guy. That's that's pretty yeah. amazing. And to get Didi up and, and excited, it's it's gonna take something like that from a, a uh, you know Gilchrist hitting <laughs> shots and and you know also probably going out and everything is Josh Reeves and Tony is Cleveland. Yeah, those guys are out. Yeah, these guys they they would get hot. You know, um, they didn't play many games in the NBA. They were more of the the D League, G League. Yeah, they just played the last like yeah. two minutes of a game when the game was already in hand one way or the yeah. other. But, but hey, man, much luck to them too because uh, I know they're trying to make it still and, and they seem like pretty good dudes and hard workers and and uh, so let's hope let's hope the best for them also. Yeah, and and you know we, we didn't really lose very many guys. You know, obviously we we still have too many guys under contract currently, so we're actually going to still have to either trade somebody or uh, cut somebody before the season starts. So you know we currently have 16 guys under contract, got to be 15. So unfortunately, someone's going to have to go. Um, as but one thing before we move on a little bit is. I don't know if he ever joined our team because he never really played Courtney Lee, right? Uh, you yeah, know, not so much it, this it year, but he actually was a good just it, locker room addition. Yeah, it wasn't his fault. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we knew that he was on an expiring contract. Uh, but he was well-liked in the yeah. locker room. Oh, you yeah, know? No, he, he had a lot of respect no, from a lot I of mean, the players. He could have threw a fit for not being able to play or getting minutes, but, <laughs> but I think he understood... I don't know how maybe he understood the situation and you know we we weren't 
holding back that he's on the trading block and expiring contract and this and that. But uh, it never panned out or whatnot. But but we didn't really play him until that trade deadline kind of passed. And then we kind of played him a little sparingly here and there is what my take was. If, if I told you in that trade for Porzingis, when we acquired back Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke as salary dumps along with Cordy Lee in that deal. Um, if I told you that in our first ever playoff run, the guys that almost helped us win the playoff series were actually not named Porzingis in that trade. Uh, you know, we, we, we still almost beat the Clippers and, and, and could have beat those guys on the back of Hardaway Jr. and his play for us and Trey Burke. Because, you know, Porzingis was already hurt. You know, he wasn't going to play anymore in that series. And we pushed it to six games. And, you know, <laughs> could have won that series. And it would have been on the help, major help of, of two guys that were just supposed to be throwing pieces in, in that trade. And, uh, you know, Burke and Hardaway played a major role for us. So it's just, it's, it's so funny to think about. It. When, when everyone thinks of that trade, everyone thinks of, oh, man, you know, Mavericks stole Porzingis. But in reality, we stole Porzingis, Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke, all who are still currently on the Mavs roster. You know, Porzingis obviously here for another four years, Burke now for another three years, and, you know, Courtney Lee obviously wasn't the one who, was the only one who didn't fit, you know, for what we needed right yeah, now, so we had to go. Yeah, and we kind of knew that already for where we're going. And especially the money was getting yeah. paid. There was no well, way. I we think could. he could have. I think he could have possibly got on the playoff team, kind of helped them. I like, still think he can help somebody. Like that, yeah. Um, so, and, and just another small name we signed to a two-way contract uh, is a Nate Hinton. Now him, I'm interested yeah. in. Twenty-one years old, um, born in North Carolina. He's six-five, two hundred and ten pounds. Uh, he's under the two-way contract. Um, he he was an early entrant uh, in in the draft, and um, yeah, a lot of the things I've heard of him were just he's a defensive beast that that he gets his hands just in all the lanes and and just deflects balls like crazy. Can just man up on anyone on the court and shut someone down. You know, he obviously was at Houston. You know, not one of the bigger schools, so he wasn't as well known. But for the people who did see videos and highlights and things of him, just say that, you know, he is a lockdown defender and that we may have actually got a steal in him right there. You know, apparently there were a few other teams trying to sign him yeah. uh, to two ways, but weren't able to get their hands on well, him. That's so, you know, cool, you know, I mean, uh, he actually shot pretty good from three point per, uh, range. If I'm not wrong there, I believe he shot, you know, near like 36, 37 percent from three point range, too. Yeah. Wing players, man. I guess you can't have enough of them because they're just seeming to be sprouting out this year. Um, I think this this draft sprouted out a lot of new young talent that looks pretty strong at the wing positions and these smaller kind of power forward guys who can, you know, I mean, move around the court and and these uh, these wing defenders who can almost guard point guards and things like that. I mean, it, it just, I didn't see a big explosion of point guards, you know what I'm saying, this this year in the draft, or necessarily big guys, right? Well, well I think the correlation with that actually ends up being when, when you look at what the NBA currently is and the model for what teams are looking for, 
uh, and the way it's obviously shown on TV, it's three and D. Is is all it's about. And most people coming, you know, into high school, and all those kind of things, getting ready to go to college, they're watching the NBA, and you're either a Trey Young, uh, Luka Donitz, uh, Steph Curry type, bombing it from way out, it can just shoot insanely from anywhere on the court, or you're a three and D type player. You're someone who can guard multiple positions, can shoot the three point ball, and I think that's what pretty much everyone's modeling their game after now. You're 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 in one of those two modes now. If you're coming out, if you're, um, <laughs> I don't want to say unfortunately, but uh, I am gonna say it, unfortunately, born taller than everyone, so you become a center, and then at that point, you're either a stretch five or you're nothing at all. <laughs> well, there's that's that's I think what's gonna be so interesting about the upcoming season is you got all these different types of teams. I mean, we're being run by essentially a small forward. If you want to say right, point guard everything. Small to power forty, yeah. six eight, and you know and, almost. And I, and I would say small forward. You know what I'm saying? But Philadelphia, 76ers being run by like a power forward. You know, yeah, and Simmons, Simmons, right? Yeah, he's definitely that and, same and, size. And they're building around that. You know, I mean. But he cannot shoot for know, the life of him. I know Embiid is a is a is a. Oh, that guy's just a monster. I mean, he's a monster, right? <laughs> I don't even know what you call that guy. He's not a unicorn. He is a hydra. I'm going to go yeah. with that because he is the things he can do. He but can for dribble, whatever reason, post up, shoot. He's you know, just a monster. maybe it's the body not being able to withstand that rigorous, you know, movement and things that he can do. Sometimes your body can't keep up with what your mind wants to do, and you're still going to try to do it, but maybe you're going to wear out. Uh, sooner, you know, than somebody who kind of conserves himself. We don't want people to conserve themselves out here on the court. So Embiid, you know, he's he's dominant. But the unfortunate part for Embiid is he really ain't had much choice. He's he's had to be more dominant because his partner in crime cannot score and the then, ball. And look at all these. <laughs> like I said, it's so interesting coming up. Look at all these different types of teams, and then you got a, a two-headed guard monster in Portland and. And things like that. You man, know? Portland, man, those guys just improved uh, yeah, pretty they, dramatically, man. I mean, they, they didn't really give up a whole lot this year and yeah. got back really good players, man. Those guys, I, I think, can make some noise in the West this year with all those additions that they have. They, I mean, talk about wing uh, uh, de defenders. They have them in spades over there now, you know. So, <laughs> wow, Nick Batum signed with the Clippers. I, mean, I, I, let's, I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, I mean... There's so much to go through there, man. I, I mean, wow, Washington, Russell Westbrook, you know. <laughs> uh, I think Minnesota got better, and they they're a little bit different. And as we were talking about, you know, these wing players and and you know, yeah, you know, and it's you know that that's pretty much what it's all become. And, and can he defend at that wing player size? Um, you know, so as far as our roster goes and additions, what what may not seem like additions to a lot of people but it really is um are the additions back this year of Jalen Brunson and Dwight Powell you know because last year I think me and you actually were watching the game and when Powell got hurt we actually said that pretty much hurts our playoff chances pretty dramatically and you know for anyone who heard us say that would be like what what are you talking about it's just Dwight Powell like come on man like you're, you're kidding me Dwight Powell is not that big on the Mavericks where you think he's going to affect your, your long-term run. But in actuality, 
Powell did so much for the team that I think a lot of fans kind of took him for granted for what he did. He was pretty much a guaranteed bucket if he was rolling toward the rim and Luka seen him. If he was ever making a, a nice pick and roll and made his roll toward the rim, uh, you know, uh, Luka was going to find him pretty much every time, and it was pretty much a guaranteed basket. <laughs> you know, his uh, field goal percentage was pretty much off the charts, you know, Dwight Powell in those scenarios, and we just didn't have that anymore once he went out. And and he was a presence down there. Now, obviously, he wasn't big enough to face up against the bigger centers, but as far as size and, and wing players, he could defend those pretty well. And Powell could obviously move his feet well. Now, we don't know if that's going to translate this year because of the injury. You know, that, that Achilles is, is, you know, a sensitive thing. But apparently, uh, he, lives, he looks good. In workouts, everyone says he looks really, really good. And bringing him back into the fold with Luka, already having that chemistry, definitely helps this team this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like even Trey Burke and... Just getting to see them throughout a season, and like we've said, that this last season was so hectic and different. Um, just the big break in between and everything, and I knew that LeBron was going to come back even stronger because you give him a break in the midseason, and then a chance to come back with like a tournament style and to be able to win another championship. I knew that was going to be a strong probability because, I mean, let's face it, he's still the best in the NBA. You can't take that away from him as much as you feel like Luke is coming on the cusp. And and um, some people had Kevin Durant, and he had his injury, and, and, and that, that wasn't going to be anymore. And uh, then some people are saying, you know, Greek freak and things like that. But at the end of the day... You know, it, it still came down to that, and and it, it's it's kind of like uh, we're saying in the sense of the the wing player and stuff that that's running the team. That's LeBron, and and here we feel like we got our version of that uh, to run the team. And, and uh, yeah, you how know. did you feel about uh, speaking of wing players? Your 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 boy Jay Crowder. Uh, the little story of him coming out and supposedly spurning the Mavericks uh, who had more money on the table than the Suns, which are an intriguing team. And, and I, I don't blame him for that, in my, in my opinion. But Hey, I, I'm just going to be honest. In a, in a pod previously, I talked about the possibilities that the Mavericks had and, and, and people we could go after. And in that, I said, and I will remain saying it, I didn't want Drake Crowder. I, I didn't want to have anything to do with him. He spent his first, uh, what, three or four years here in Dallas. So you don't have his rookie card. Nope, nope, nope. Don't have the Dreads uh, rookie card there. He um, he was good, and, and don't get me wrong, he, he he's a good player. But he's just not that, that piece who locks down defensively, who is just a knockdown shooter and can do a whole lot of things like people seem to think he's a lot more than he is like he he can shoot and and his three-point shooting was not that great for miami in the playoffs last year um all but he can shoot you know fairly well from three but he's man i i, I watched him get torched so many times in a maverick jersey trying to man up d somebody and it was like he's always sort of there 
but never really in the right position to make an actual play. So he was always kind of there, but are you really there if you're not making a play? <laughs> and and I watched years enough of that from him in Dallas to be in a position where I just don't want him back here to see that exact same thing next to Luca. We need mm-hmm. someone who can do a bit more than that, not just kind of be there and not. Hey, I feel like we got that with the, with the acquisitions we got, right? So I, I really do. I I would I wouldn't really even know when that timing was, right? Like what would have happened differently if he <laughs> did supposedly have accepted this contract and money we had on the table. But what would have changed? And and I don't I don't know. But to be honest, there, what he even said isn't true because at that point we had already re-signed Trey Burke. So that had already had left us with only, you know, 6 close to 7 million in the exception. And he was saying he left money on the table. Well, what was the timing is what I'm saying. Like, who knows, right? Like, maybe they came out and been a little bit more specific. But, but even if he took the full trade exception, then the money was comparable. Yeah. It wasn't millions left on the table. And in his comments, he said he left millions mm-hmm. to go to Phoenix. And unless there was a sign and trade, there's no way we could have offered him millions more right. than the $9 million and, and he got And that's where, like, who knows? Like, what would have been so different about our team, maybe? But... I'm pretty happy, you know, like you said, oh, yeah. I, we, I we've been there, done that. Did not want to go. No, no disrespect to yeah, him. Yeah, wish him, wish him all the luck, and but, I think um, he is a serviceable player. Yeah, but didn't, he is. Did not want him here. Yeah, he definitely is. He's durable. He's, he's And the tough. logic of, of wanting to go to a team to help them try to be a playoff team when you could have been next to Luka on a playoff team, yeah. I, I'm, I'll I'm question that forever. But, hey, you know, more power to you mm-hmm. if you think that's a better fit. But I think he brought up a, a good thing earlier about the players that are coming back off of injuries and and uh, even some of the players who haven't been here long and and you're waiting for them to pop in certain ways like Jalen Brunson um you, you know he he had an injury last year and, yeah the shoulders yeah and and so you know it got cut short and what he could do he couldn't come back to the bubble and and do anything so he, we didn't have any evaluation of how he was going to progress as a young player still. Uh, but here he comes back and, and hopefully ready to go and healthy. And let's see what he can do. And is, is, is he a trade piece or is he a piece that we're going to keep? We're getting a little guard heavy here, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to Brunson, you know, something he did bring to us and even still brings to us when you look at the roster – you know, when you look at our bench guards, none of them are actual true point guards. You know, they're they're more scoring guards, more combo guards when you look at it. You know, they're not actual point guards. Tyrell Terry, while he could be one, we're, we're still not sure yet, you know, because he is a rookie. Now, I'm not saying he couldn't be because Tyrell Terry could be. But as far as an actual floor general, Brunson brings that to you. He brings a bit of stability. He's a good passer. He's a good shooter. He's pretty good at reading the floor, you know, so he brings just that little piece to the team that, that we didn't have last year. If Luca ever, ever had to go to the bench, we didn't have that uh, just floor spacer and creator out there. So I think bringing him back this season after that shoulder surgery, as long as the shoulder looks good and he's healthy, he can bring those same things, you know, back to us this year when Luca's off the court and kind of settle the floor and, and run that offense. Yeah, it's... The games are different every game. You're you're 
they're coming at a at a pretty rapid pace you know every other day every third day um, there's going to be different paces at different teams and things that you need and i feel like he fits one of those uh roles that maybe we don't have in that speed in that tempo right like Trey Burke's not that, even though he's a, a small uh, point guard like him. Uh, he's not your typical point guard. Jalen Brunson is a more typical point guard. He runs the team. He's smart. You know, he'll he'll get in there and he'll defend. He'll stick his nose in there up top and things like that. Nothing going to wow you, but but he's really solid. Uh, I hope that he, he really gets that work in this year and, and is able to play game in and game out. Um, but I know there's going to be some games where he's not going to be even put in, you know, coach's decision. Uh, I'm going to expect that a little bit because there's going to be certain teams where, hey, Trey Burke's on fire. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the young rook coming in, uh, Terry is on fire, you know. So another guy that I'm glad's coming back and I'm, I'm – hoping big things for and I think maybe you would be too and everybody you know listening and all the Mavs fans I, I know we're hoping that this guy can really step in and make an impact Willie Collistein right because we didn't really get to see much of him he didn't even want to come to the bubble and play right was was that was his personal decision right I believe he had a child born yeah which so is, which is fine because uh, his wife is more susceptible she's pregnant things like that, newborn baby, no problems there. So we weren't able to evaluate the things, though, right? Yeah, he, but, he looks but, interesting. But I, I think that maybe, you know, he, he's coming to a different organization from the Kings. Uh, the Kings haven't been known as one of the better organizations lately um, in the way they're run. Uh, Vlade, I know you're a big Vlade Divas fan and all that. <laughs> oh, I definitely you know? am. He didn't pick Luca. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a good one. That's he took Marvin yeah. Bagley. That hey, guy is my best friend he's forever. He's my hero from now on, right? So, but yeah, so he's coming to this organization. I felt like he was getting a little stronger as time was going when he was playing. And then, you know, everything shut down and that happened. And obviously he didn't come back for, for his good reasons. Um, but I'm really glad to have him back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued what he what he brings to the team this year. You know, last year I was kind of excited when we got him, considering we only gave him up for a, a second round pick. So, you know, I thought he could fit real well into our team, and I, I really thought he was going to come in and be more of that uh, Tyson Chandler starter kid. Definitely not as good as Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler was, you know, defensive player of the year. You know, just impressive and everything he did on the defensive side of the ball. Willie Colley Stein while not on that level, has the tools, the, the physical tools to be that same type of player. You know, he can come in and, you know, affect the game with his just uh, crazy athleticism that he has. You know, he can leap out of the building. And uh, I'm sure everyone who's listening is probably, if you're a Mavs fan, has watched the video of him <laughs> in the gym practicing and, and the things that he's doing. Um, <laughs> man, I tell you what, if, if he's doing any of these things out there, it, it's going to be fun to watch because if Willie Collison can really hit the three the way he could in these videos, <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'm, it's just 
gonna bring another piece that's pretty exciting because you're definitely not expecting him to pull up from three on you yeah. that's for sure i don't want to see him there but <laughs> but you know uh i almost see him as like a poor man's demarcus cousins you know hey if we let if we let bobby shoot some threes why not willie collinstein yeah, maybe he's a better demarcus cousins now i'm not sure you know i know <laughs> i know you've talked about him and as a free agent out there and uh, he still hasn't signed to this day did he yeah, he actually signed with uh, Houston. Uh, okay, wow. Houston. Yeah, he signed on a, on a, on a one-year deal down there. And, you know, he yeah. was definitely a guy that well, I wanted. that's not volatile. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall? Oh, no, next to uh, uh, Harden, you know, the the just nicest guy in the NBA, apparently, James Harden. You know, the, that seems like it's just going to work out well. You have to take that <laughs> chance if you're Houston. You can't, you know, you got to keep Harden. You know, you, you just have to. What is know. he? Top five player. Uh, you going to take it higher than that? Top three player? Can, first of all, let's just talk about the insanity of, of, of trading an unknown freaking John Wall. Like, I am sorry, but you just have no clue what that guy can actually do on the court. He hasn't played in two years. Uh, two seasons, I should say. You know, he, he he's just such an unknown on a $40 million contract, and you trade away Russell Westbrook for just pretty much straight up for him. I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, everyone wants to say that we stole Porzingis, but you're going to tell me that you couldn't get more for Russell Westbrook than an injury-riddled John Wall that you have no clue what you're getting now, if John Wall comes back and is even 70% of what he was, he's still a great point guard. You know, he'll still be one of the better point guards in the league. But that being said, you're talking about a, a league MVP, a triple-double, you know, average for the season guy that you gave up for a, just a complete mystery. How do you, I haven't really heard how the Houston fans feel about this. And excuse me as a Maverick fan for not caring. <laughs> so, you know, those are a lot of the guys that, you know, we think were good additions and, and just the pieces that went out and just how our team currently stacks up right now, you know. So we just wanted to go over some of those things and, and just kind of help all the uh, Mavs fans out there just understand some of the guys that we got, what we lost, and just really what we gained in, in doing some of this stuff. Yeah, so... You know, we've gone through a lot of topics here, and we're going to hopefully get back with you, and I, I, I hope to, to be here for a lot more content. And uh, all right, well, I, thanks for uh, listening, and I'm glad to join y'all. Uh, this is Dean, and I just wanted to say what's up to Germany real quick. Wurzburg, what's up? Uh, thanks for giving us two of your sons, Maxi, Maximilian, Cleaver, you know, Dirk, Nowitzki, Dirty, you know, hope y'all keep listening and growing out there. And there you have it, you know, that was my co-host. I am your host, David C., as always, here on Mavs Content Crazy. I really hope you liked what you heard today, and if you did, please hit that subscribe button and make sure you favorite so you can listen to every episode that we have here on Mavs Content Crazy. Make sure you listen in next time. Uh, we'll be going over the possible realistic trades at the trade deadline that we could actually uh, have happen for the Mavericks after the way we set up our roster this year. So uh, thanks for listening, and hope you listen in next time. Thanks, Mavs fans.